God uses the marriage relationship to describe how He sees the church, His bride. But what if our marriages don't represent God well? How can we work together before and during marriage to have the kind of marriage that is an example of the gospel at work? Can God take two broken people and make something beautiful? Welcome to Talk Truth, a McGregor podcast, where we dive into scripture, gain insight from community, and biblically answer life questions. Talk Truth will answer your questions submitted every other week. If you have a question for Talk Truth, you can submit your question on our website. I'm your host, Danielle Flood. Let's open the word, gather together, and talk some truth. joined by Steve and Beverly Chestnut, members here at McGregor Baptist Church, and we're going to talk about marriages. Yay! (laughs) Beverly is also a licensed mental health counselor and on staff here at McGregor. Thank you both for being here and joining us. Uh, Let's pray as we begin. Father God, you are so good to us and use our frailties and insufficiencies for your divine purposes. We offer you our words and conversation today as we seek to glorify you through our marriages. I pray those listening would be encouraged and marriages would be strengthened. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So our question today is, what does a biblical marriage need to be strong? And as we answer that, let's get to know your story a bit too. How did you and Steve meet? Well, we actually met on Fort Myers Beach Pier. And uh, many, many years ago, and I had moved down from Indiana, so I kind of looked like a tourist. It was Snow White. <laughs> Snow White. Well, that's true. In September. He okay. Was Snow White. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so I was out on the pier, and there were these three good-looking young ladies, mm-hmm. and they were listening to this music. There were a bunch of Jesus freaks in a bus singing about Jesus. So oh, we wow. were. Wa- so I walked over there and started watching the Jesus freaks with them. Uh-huh. And making, of course, I was making fun of the Jesus freaks. Be careful what you make fun of, because oh, you yeah. might become one. Bad idea. Yeah, yeah. So they, they were like an extension. There's a movie out right now, the Jesus Revolution. Yeah, and it talks about what, what happened in California, and this was kind of our, you know, Florida version. And so they had, um, they were just hippies, you know, that were high on Jesus and passing out tracks and strumming guitars. But you weren't one of them. No, we were not. We were okay. Not, so yeah. yeah. And again, so after a couple months, we went out and started dating and and then uh, about a year later we got married that's nice yes yeah, so that's and it's been over going on 51 years now oh congratulations thank you that is very fun so those early years how was your marriage what are some challenges that you faced well we had an upside down marriage um i don't know when you get when you fall in love um it's all positive and good and you like the differences, you appreciate them, but when you start living under the same roof, those same differences that you were drawn to, that the corresponding part to that, you know, he was easygoing and nice, but that meant he was unorganized, and, Mm. you know, I always had a plan, but that meant I was inflexible, and so those clashes start to come, and so all of a sudden, what was all, you know, fun uh, starts to become more difficult, and so when you have more criticism and difficulties, Mm. you start to separate a little bit, and so I think what I would describe, we didn't really fight, we weren't fighters, but we got on separate paths mm. and just kind of living parallel lives instead of becoming one. Yeah. You know, as God's designed, we were moving the other direction. Yeah, how long did that kind of last? That lasted about two years. Two years, yeah. mm. um, 
we had, Steve was working in construction. Our first year of marriage, we were gonna build a house and he fell off a roof oh. uh, through the trusses broke. And so he was laid up in the hospital. I had a miscarriage. Hmm. Um, we couldn't build the house because he couldn't yeah. work and mm -hmm. I went to work. But the good thing, you know, and this is how God takes bad stuff and makes good stuff because the lady I, I worked with uh, was a member of McGregor. Oh, and wow. She invited us. I, I watched her marriage. You know, talk about a marriage being you know, like somebody pointing to Jesus. Mm -hmm. It really did. Uh, her kids were so respectful. She had three, uh, three teenage boys, and they, they would hold hands walking back to the truck when he would come pick her up after work every day. Mm -hmm. And um, I just asked, you know, what, what is it? You know, with you, you know what, what's the secret? And she said, you know, it was Jesus. And you know, she invited us to come to church. And first time we actually, we had a, a visiting pastor and a, uh, one of the associate pastors that And McGregor preached. on McGregor. Yeah, yeah. in <laughs> the then, good old days. Yeah, well, and the first time Pastor Holbrook preached, he was preaching through Romans, and I felt such conviction at the end. I'd never really um, seen an altar call in person. Mm -hmm. I've seen it on Billy Graham, but that was all. But um, I was sobbing, and so, she asked me if I was okay, and as we were going out the back door, so he would always stand at the back and shake everybody's hand, and he could see, you know, my red nose and my still tears. And so he just looked at me, and I remember he took my hand, and he was nodding, and he says, would you like to go talk in my office? And I, I just nodded with him. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, he just said, you know, told Ellie, please, you know, just take him to my study. I'll be there in a minute. Mm -hmm. And so, Steve, I, I'm not really even aware of him. He's right <laughs> with me. but. We got in there and um, explained the, the gospel in just you know simple terms and you know do you want to pray and I said yes and he turned to Steve and Steve said yes. That's amazing. <laughs> so the same day we I were never both knew saved. that we had to do something like that. Mm -hmm. We thought my good works would outweigh my bad works, mm -hmm. and we were both first generation Christians in both of our families. Right. And so and growing up, I never went to church. I didn't know anything at all about the Bible, New mm -hmm. Testament, Old Testament. I didn't know anything at all. And so this was a whole new experience. And to know that, that God loved me and had a plan for me. Yeah. And so it had a plan for our marriage then. Yeah. So we got involved in a, I think it was called the Family Affair Couples Bible Study. Yeah, it was a book by Eugene Peterson. It was a compilation of a bunch of authors mm -hmm. on different subjects about marriage. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like what turned our marriage around is... Because when we got married, there was no pre-marriage counseling. We didn't mm -hmm. go into a marriage class. We were in love. Right. It was more probably in lust than anything else than yeah. in love. And we didn't know anything. Mm. I didn't know how to be a husband. And uh, so, again, the, the, the class was great for us because it talked about that. And other couples shared their, their stories also, mm -hmm. which helped us to grow. Yeah. And we didn't know anything about you know, that God had biblical roles for us as husband and wife. And and for me, I was the more... Um, Stubborn. I'm the more passionate. <laughs> Same thing. Yes. Yeah. And he's more laid back, easygoing. And so right. um, I, I would kind of just take the bull by the horns in pretty right. much everything we were doing. Yeah. And so when I read that my role was to submit to him, you know, honestly, I, I was... You know, talking to the Lord, I was very anxious to be obedient, and right. I really wanted my life to change, but I couldn't see any way this was going to work. Mm -hmm. And um, he stepped up and took over his role as the leader, and yeah. over time, it, it took a little bit. Yeah. You know, he, you can't lead somebody who won't follow. Right. And so I knew it was important for me to take a leap of faith and to be willing to do my part and trust yeah. that. 
you know, if I follow the Lord, it'll be the right thing to do, and, you know, God will work on him. Yeah. But when she did that, I realized I had to step up. Right. And so, again, by her following, mm-hmm. helped me to be a leader and to be more aware of what was going on. It's like God planned it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It's funny. So. Before we got married, I knew I would have trouble following anyone not worth following. Okay, so I'm talking to God. I'm like, you're going to have to give me someone <laughs> worth following because I see this. It's, you know, mandate, and I see myself, and I need to, to know. And he did, similar, uh-huh. but yeah. Well, one of the greatest things that we found uh, years and years and years later was a seminar, the Love and Respect Seminar. Mm-hmm. And Bev and I went to that seminar, and that was life-changing because it mm-hmm. took what we believed and put it down in practical application. Right. And that basically all I need is respect mm-hmm. and just and a kind word every now and then and right. some appreciation. <laughs> and Beverly needs love. I mean, she wants respect too, and I want love also. Right. But on a larger degree, mm-hmm. am I showing her love in the way that she receives it the best way? Mm-hmm. And through that love and respect training, Mm-hmm. That helped us, and that's one of the things we were we've taught for many years, is just how right. to how to apply that, not just what it is, but how to step out and do it. Yeah. Well, you mentioned teaching. God used your marriage story to have you serve the church. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Well, we um, we started teaching uh, young couples fairly early on. Uh, we got called when we were still up in uh, South Carolina by uh, Banks Coral, who was the minister of education here at the time. And so he was asking, you know, are you, when are you coming back? You know, because I was supposed to start counseling here, and um, they were going to start a, a newlywed, newlywed class. Okay. And so he said he thought we'd be perfect for it. You know, mm-hmm. we'd taught regular, you know, adult classes before, and so we came and we started that. Was it 27 years ago? Something like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, I mean, some of the we still have some of the old tapes that okay. we used with, uh, was it Bruce Smalley or Gary, Gary Smalley? Gary Smalley. Gary Smalley. And, uh, but just, again, it's application. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, and then we've refined it to go over the, uh, the love and respect. Mm-hmm. And like I said, and then the five love languages. Mm-hmm. And then personality profiles. I mean, it's lion, beaver, otter, and golden retriever. Uh-huh. And when you know what the personality profile of the other person is, yeah. you know how they're going to react to many things. Mm-hmm. And I'm more laid back, like Beverly said she's more of the of the lion I'm more of the of the otter and okay. so again and the beaver is more of a worker mm-hmm. so again when you and there's a little survey that we do that reveals that I think I need person. that survey yeah. <laughs> it's great because that's what the class is so fun about you have multiple right. couples going over this mm-hmm. and taking the survey to find out whether they're a lion a beaver otter and golden retriever and to this day we'll have couples walk by and somebody go yeah i'm still a beaver or i'm an otter after yeah. many many years and then different the fear factor mm-hmm. knowing that what causes you to react the way that you react mm. and again there's another form that says when you say that i can't do something that reminds me of my parents telling me that I'm an underachiever. Mm. Or that's why I always try to get straight A's in school, try to achieve the best. Mm-hmm. And so when you do that, I tend to withdraw. Mm-hmm. It's a, one reaction leads to another action. And when you know those, you can deal with them. And most of those buttons were developed before you even met each other. Yes. Right. 
Right. So you, but you come in and, and like they're sensitive areas. Like if you had a sunburn and somebody came up and said, "Hi, how you doing?" You know, yes. and you would react with a lot of pain mm-hmm. without them intending any evil at all. Right. And that's what happens is that you feel, you know, I bet that your partner's really not trying to cause that. Right. And so when you understand and you can sort of, you know, your own sensitive areas, mm-hmm. um, you can kind of take a deep breath and realize, okay, you know, you translate it better. They weren't right. trying to hurt me. It hurt, but they weren't trying to hurt me. Right. It's kind of the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. thing. If exactly. you can take a lot of the intentionality out of it, oh, yeah. then mm-hmm. then it kind of falls, like the anger yep. fizzles. Yeah. Um, our, our premarital counselor was a good friend of ours, and he said, it feels good to be right feels good to be angry. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when you have a disagreement, know that your body is just mm-hmm. liking to feel good. Yeah. And more than not, or more more often than not, you're both right in a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's just that different perspective. And if yeah. you can settle it down and talk about it, it's, yeah. it's way different. Yeah. And again, what? that's what we talk about, too, is like when an issue comes up, have a secret word. Mm. And we have to make up a word in class. Yes. And then somebody calls that word and means that, uh, okay, we're going to go away for 10 minutes, mm-hmm. but then we're going to come back together. And when you come back together, your heart has to be willing to listen mm. and not just listen to respond. Right. Listen to understand yeah. and to work it out then. Because sometimes you just need a minute for your brain's chemicals mm-hmm. to calm down. Yeah. So you can talk about the the issue at hand. I mean, we talk about how to have a good fight, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So yep. And again, but you. So that's just all part of the fun of being married. Yes. Yeah. So this is in church context. You know, you have a lot of maybe a a good crop of churches. Mm-hmm. Are marriages in the church more successful than marriages in the world? If they go to our class, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna look at your batting average. No. <laughs> well, our our marriage was. Um, First, not in the church, and then mm-hmm. in the church. So in our experience, it's way yeah. better right. in the church. But I also find that, you know, because I do counseling here, and most of the people, I'd say 95% are believers. Right. And so uh, the struggles they have are the very same struggles that, are, you know, people outside the church have. I think the difference is when you have Christ as our example of forgiveness, um, and the Holy Spirit giving you the capacity to genuinely forgive based on what you know you've been forgiven, um, that you can have much deeper healing. Mm-hmm. I think people can um, put something behind them, you know, and can move forward, uh, but that nagging resentment stays there. Right. And it's like these little bricks that um, divide you, and so you really can't have intimacy unless you feel genuinely safe with a person, and mm-hmm. so. Genuine forgiveness means that you're giving them the permission to hurt you all over again. Mm. I mean, you're bringing the walls down to the place which you're 100% investing back. Right. Um, and that's hard to do unless you've got some kind of safety net. And Jesus is our safety net. Yeah, <laughs> true. A couple weeks ago, we talked with my in-laws about divorce and that in their marriage just wasn't an option. Mm-hmm. And my husband picked up on that. I don't think it was intentional. I don't know if they told him they said that, but we decided before we got married, like if we do this, mm-hmm. divorce isn't a thing. We're not we're not in it for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we're in it to commit. Mm-hmm. And um, so, thinking about those challenges, and you talked about the tools. What are some of the problems facing couples today? 
I'd say the biggest one uh, Steve's already touched on is just uh, conflict resolution. Mm -hmm. uh, people don't know, uh, they haven't had good examples. Mm. You know, many people going into marriages have come out of divorced homes, and so mm. they haven't seen good models of that. Yeah. And so um, it, it, they need a, a way to kind of understand what's taking place. And part of my education um, helped me to see some of the things that are um, physiological as well. You know, mm -hmm. God designed us to be able to defend ourselves when we're in danger. Right. And so what ends up happening when we're angry is that our heart rate goes up. And it actually gets to the point where the blood flow that typically goes up to the you know reasoning center of your yeah. brain now is channeled to your limbs to make you stronger and faster. Okay. And so a couple of things happen. Uh, one is, is that you now are not capable of making good judgment. Mm -hmm. um, the second is you've now got all this energy that you want to use somehow. Right. Um, so that's why you know guys have a tendency to put their fists through the drywall and women throw their cell phones and you know, break their own dishes. Mm -hmm. um, it's not something you do when you're thinking. Right. You know, those are your knuckles, that is your phone. You spend a lot of money on that phone. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's not rational. Um, and, and so you can't do anything good. You can't solve a problem when you're in that state. And so that's where the, you know, having the keyword mm -hmm. um, and having that um, conflict exit strategy that lets you try to do uh, what Ephesians tells us to do. Mm -hmm. um, there's a verse in Ephesians. Yeah, uh, I have it here. Could you read it? Yeah, I'll read. It's Ephesians 4, 29 through 32. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Right. So to carry that out, um, I tried to come up with something that I could give couples that come for counseling that would let them practice that. Mm. And so the first step was to realize when you are escalating, um, the sooner you are able to stop yourself, mm -hmm. um, the better. Because okay. e everything that you do after that point is going to um, add more injury to your marriage. Mm -hmm. uh, it is not going to do anything to solve the problem at hand. It's just going to add more problems. And so um, if you come up with a word, uh, the word bingo, um, I used the word cowabunga with my son, you know, when I was teaching him this. Mm -hmm. uh, and so something funny, you know, that you, that's not going to come up in conversation another way. Right. And when that word is said, that is the key to stop talking. No more last word. You know, mm. you want to get that one. Are last? you sure? No, nope, are... nope, nope, no more words. None at all. Stick a time out, but don't. Yes, I even make them pick their timeout spot ahead of time so that they're not arguing about where to go. That's um, nice. And so you go to that space, and the first thing you do is you pray, mm. and you ask God to reveal to you anything that you've done already wrong. You know, mm -hmm. because you may have gotten in a few jabs before. You know, you <laughs> thought to say the word. Yeah. Um, and then you confess that, so you have a clear heart. Um, and then you try to remember what it is that took place. Um, and you try to think about, okay, what was my partner's perspective? Yeah. Um, you try to figure out, what, it, what am I trying to accomplish here? Mm -hmm. In other words, what do I want from an end result from this? You know, is there really anything that needs resolving? Mm -hmm. And so uh, when you come back together, uh, the first thing you do is confess to each other. You know, I'm sorry I raised my voice or whatever, brought yeah. your mother into it. Um, and then oh, you, you've heard that before. Oh, my goodness, yeah. <laughs> bad fighting has all kinds of bad things. But uh, 
And there's a whole list of those things too. Yes. You know, the things that are bad fighting. You know, you don't glare. Mm-hmm. You know, standing over people. There's all kinds of things you don't want to do. Um, and then you, after you've done that, you've confessed and you've forgiven each other for that. Yeah. Then you restate your partner's perspective. Mm-hmm. So if I understand correctly, you were saying, you know, this, right. and they say that. And at this point now, you're all calm. You know, you you really want to do the right thing. If we're talking about a Christian family, um, there's no winners and losers. You're right. on the same team, mm-hmm. right? Right. So you win together, you lose together, but you know you can't. There's not. There's no point yeah. in having winners and losers. And so you keep going and discussing your situation until you come up yeah. with a resolution. And you if can reason th- now, right? Oh, Cause absolutely, because your, brain your brain's in. You, it, it, it's not. I don't know. Every stupid thing I've ever said in an argument, I didn't really mean. Right. Okay, I was trying to get the upper hand. But the problem is we filter differently. Yes. Okay, so when we're saying it, we know we don't mean it. Mm-hmm. But when we're hearing it, we think, it oh, feels good. well, that's what they really think, but they're just usually too polite to say it. Right. So we, that's a part of what's said still goes to the heart. And mm-hmm. again, that's destructive to the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah. But you're asking about society says you deserve, you deserve to be happy, you deserve to have this, you deserve to have so much stuff. Mm-hmm. And when you get married, I mean, it's kind of like, okay, my whole goal is to be the best husband I can possibly be. Mm. That should be my focus, right. not what I deserve. If I do that, I remember, I mean, if I'm being doing the right thing I'm supposed to be doing, there's been times I've been working on the computer and Beverly shows up with cookies. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the law of reciprocity. Mm-hmm. If I do something nice for you, a lot of times you want to do something nice for me. Mm-hmm. And it's just, okay, I'm going to outgive you. No, yeah. you're not. I'm going to outgive you. Yeah. Or I'm going to outlove you. No, I'm yeah. going to outlove you. Have you heard that 50 50, like marriage is 50 50, you both give? Nate and I talk about that and we're like, that is so false. Yeah. Because the minute e- either of you fail, right. then there's a gap. Mm-hmm. We're like, no, we're both 100%, 100%. Yeah. because yeah. there are seasons that yes. one needs more and another needs more, and mm-hmm. someone shows up with cookies. And, or it's, yeah, because yeah, it's know. work, it's life. Yeah. There's so many things involved that mm-hmm. don't make you want to be mm-hmm. what yeah. you're supposed to be at that time. Yeah. When we make coffee in the morning, I like to heat the cup first with hot water. <laughs> and I was kind of explaining to Nate why I was taking another minute because I was heating my cup. And he's like, I don't need the cup heated. And I was like, okay. Um, but then, you know, ever since then, he's been heating my cup. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> was. And it's just like a very simple example that came to mind of that giving. Yes. Like, it's not necessary, but yes. those little things show me love in those little moments. Because that, acts of service must be your love language. It's not, actually. <laughs> but I do think we all have a little we of have all of ones. them. Yes, yes. No, Nate and I figured out pretty early on that we both have quality time and affection, yeah. mm-hmm. which is great that they're the same. Yeah. Uh-huh. But also, you know, you have to figure it out, and seasons change too. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's true. Um, yeah. yeah. One of our favorite phrases is "since you're up, we could both be sitting down." <laughs> like, like, oh, and Beverly goes, "Since you're, you're up." up can you give me some more coffee? Yes. But I'm not up, you know, or I do that to her. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, okay. So in my family growing up as kids, we had since you're up and it was when someone was up, it was like, a, you're closer. So you ought to do this for me yeah. because it's logical. Uh-huh. And when we got married, I remember sometimes I said something like, I'm thirsty. And Nate, like, 
got up and went to get water. And I'm like, oh no, no, I can get it. He's like, sit there. So I had to sit there and wait for him to serve me (laughs) this water. And, And it was a very difficult motion at that time. Like my whole body was like, what do I do? I should be getting it. I'm closer, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm up. Um, but yeah, he's taught me quite a bit of that, which probably came from, you know, his parents and mm-hmm. seeing mm-hmm. that the word of God says, you know, we read last episode, Romans 12, mm-hmm. that talks about marks of a true Christian. But mm-hmm. if, you know, if we're truly serving the Lord and being servant hearted toward our enemies those in our community, you know, our neighbors, fellow believers, and our spouse, why is it hardest to love on your spouse uh-huh. as a, you know, a true believer? Yeah, we take them for granted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's true. Take them for granted. So, well, I always say that one of the ways that I can judge my attitude is if something, we'll say some, Beverly's brush in the bathroom has fallen on the floor mm-hmm. and I see it, then I start talking to myself. I should just leave it there and let her pick it up. Mm-hmm. You know, no, I'm going to pick it up and tell her I picked it up. So when I'm doing right, yeah. I pick it up and I don't say a word. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like self-disciplining. Okay. And so again, when you do things for the other person, just because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. That's a good word. <laughs> um, let's talk about some reconciliation stories because there are you know, the good times in marriage, but also there are terrible, hard times. I had a friend who they they never really clicked. Intimacy wasn't great. It was years in and they weren't happy. And I was like cheering for her, the marriage, being a listener, like we were rooting for you. And she didn't want to stick with it and be happy, you know, like uh-huh. or unhappy. I said, maybe God is calling you to be unhappy in marriage. Like, we're not promised happiness. Yes, that's so true. I've seen some amazing stories, and and one of the things that I have noted, it is not the degree of the um, problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is the degree of willingness to surrender Mm -hmm. uh, to God in the problem. And um, to to date, uh, the worst situation I've ever seen, Infidelity to a degree that it, there was sexual addiction, so it mm-hmm. was just off, you know, off the rails, mm-hmm. and um, repeated over years yeah. with, you know, people that were known to the family, and just all, just awful, just heart wrenching stuff, and um, it was dealt with, uh, went away, did did all some serious recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, and then came back, and this couple now helps others who go through these problems in their marriage. Uh, and it's just, it's remarkable to me. Right. Um, and, and can be, and to, to actually sense God's pleasure in it and, mm-hmm. and realize that there was a purpose in it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes seeing the purpose in your pain, which often you don't see till you get to the other side of it. Right. Well, it's not fair. Like, it's not no, fair anyone should have to not, go through no. that. Life is, a fairness is not a biblical concept. Mm-hmm. It's not fair that Jesus went to the cross for our sins. Yeah. That's the biggest unfair. Uh, and everything after that kind of <laughs> follows the same. Yeah. Um, you know, the idea, we got the, the parable of the, you know, the workers that get hired on, right. you know, the guy that gets hired on at first gets the same amount as the guy that got hired on the last right. hour. Is that fair? No, it's not fair. Yeah. Is it all right? Yeah. That's right. Sovereign God can do what he wishes. And 
And yeah. that comparison nonsense just doesn't get you anywhere. Right. And so, yeah. We but, also walked with some friends who were separated for years and, mm-hmm. you know, really wanted to make it work. Believers, you know, mm-hmm. um, just a terrible situation. And now they are reconciled. They're sharing their story with others. Uh, do you feel that the church has a safe space to admit that marriages are in trouble? I think it really does. I think that I know for, from our teaching, you know, mm-hmm. that we would welcome people's openness and honesty. I, I don't, I think it's a, there may be people who would judge, but those people are going to be judging no matter what you do, right? You know, they're not, they're not following the Lord. They're not, you know, that's mm-hmm. not, and you're not responsible for what, what their reactions are to life. You're responsible to do right yourself. And it says, you know, in the word, we're to confess our sins to one another so right. we can be healed. So I, how are you going to do that if you can't be honest? Yeah. You know, and genuineness is very winsome. I've, I've never heard, okay, this is the honest truth. I have never heard anybody tell me a sin they've committed in, in humility um, that made me think an ounce less of them. Hmm. No, but I think sometimes we feel like they will, and, and that's, that's the fear. It's fear, and, and sometimes it's pride. Hmm. Um, that's true, too. You know, we don't want to, you know, lose face. Right. And, um, and sometimes you need to be able to do that before you can, you know, right. find healing. Um, yeah, we've heard of a couple friends who didn't share their struggles until it was way late. Mm-hmm. And then we try to, you know... Be the church for them and mm-hmm. jump in, and it, it mm-hmm. was too late. It's a little late, yeah. 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 I mean, at one point in time, we had actually had two newlywed, nearly wed classes going at the same time. Mm. One was for the newly, newly younger weds, yeah, and uh, that were quite a few people in that one, and taught by another couple. And then Bev and I were teaching a class for second marriages on. Okay. And so again, in that class, there was a lot more honesty where I did this wrong, mm. and I don't want to do it wrong now. Right. And this is, and so that was, you, you see more forgiveness. I mean, because you have to forgive yourself and, and then for a lot, to allow other people to forgive you too. Yeah. But, and I think we have a lot, we have discipleship classes. I know I'm a mentor mom for a beloved, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, it's just basically, you know, older women mentoring younger women right? Um, about the very things of marriage and parenting mm-hmm. and all of that kind of thing. And we have um, various times we have conferences and things. Mm-hmm. So there are, um, with the internet, there's stuff available all, you know, you can educate yourself um, on, on what to do. Right. I think what we're needing is the support and mm-hmm. encouragement of other people to know uh, the testimonies of other people who've made it through. Yeah, uh, to know that it's not unusual. Right. You know that the good marriage you're looking at now had hard times. Right. It wasn't always good, mm-hmm. and so it gives you hope. And I think you know life groups. And if it wasn't for all the people, I don't know how we would have made it through mm-hmm. marriage and through yeah. raising children, especially. Right. Yeah. It just normalizes things. Right. It's like we. I don't know where we get this idea um, that marriage is supposed to be easy. Uh, yeah. You know, scripture says. Well, it says you, you know you can get married. It's not sin, yeah. but right. you're going to have trouble. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like it says. Right. You know, it's a pretty good warning. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, so. because it's not easy um, becoming one. Right, and you do have to work at it, communicate, find those and strategies. And that's mm-hmm. it. I mean, you have to you have to want to. What amazes me is a a person, male or female, who's a golfer, 
will pay hundreds of dollars for private lessons, whether it's a male or a female, yeah. and they'll let a person come up to them, put their arms around them, fix their hands, adjust their steps, criticize everything they're doing so they can get an extra few yards on their swing mm -hmm. or putt better or do any of these types of things. Right. They'll do that for that hobby. But again, when it gets to your marriage, is your marriage worth right. working at it? And that's why the pre-marriage counseling is, is such an important thing for mm -hmm. all couples to identify strengths and weaknesses. I mean, Beverly has a, 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 a program that they go through. Mm -hmm. That's to, called um, uh, Simba, Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts. Okay. And so it does a little bit of a personality assessment. In addition, we'd talk about um, your kind of your expectations. And so you're uh, going into marriage a little bit more realistic, right. even down to like, who's, sure. like who's going to do what, you yeah. know? Yeah. Because a lot of times the only model you've seen is your family growing up, and mm -hmm. and maybe you had very different backgrounds in terms of who does what. And so, uh, yeah, it's very helpful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It also is a way to again look at the differences before they've caused problems. Right. Uh, we have it more open eyes. You can do it with more humor um, before it's actually become an issue between the That's two true. of you. And so then when it does happen, you're able to go, oh, yeah, that's that thing they said was going to happen. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, it's true. Like pointing it out and being aware mm -hmm. of it. Exactly. Um, what would you say, last question, for mm -hmm. someone who's in a marriage that isn't what they hoped it would be? Um, you know, anytime in the marriage cycle, what, what do they do? I think, first of all, I realize that, that God works through trials. You know, we're to count it all joy when we go through trials, knowing that it develops perseverance. Mm -hmm. You know, and God's interested in maturing us. He's interested in us um, growing deeper in our faith. And the more you need to, you don't ever grow in good times. Mm. <laughs> you only grow in trials. Uh, so seeing that, you know, um, as the underlying, that also gives you the endurance that you might need to, to patiently hang in there for a long time. I know I had a, a friend who was married to an unbeliever. This is when early in our marriage. And the remarkable thing is she never spoke negatively of her husband. Mm -hmm. She maintained a sweet spirit all the time. Uh, and she prayed for him. And when he finally came to the Lord, you know, he just said it was just day in and day out she was consistent. Mm -hmm. And she never called me out. You know, she would go to church and mm -hmm. she would invite me from on occasion. Yeah. If I decided not to go, you know, she would bring me back something, you know. It, it was, yeah. you know, she didn't resent. She didn't like, you know. Uh, she just wasn't ugly about it. She really did right. uh, model uh, that gentle, quiet spirit, mm -hmm. and it did. It drew her husband in. That's great. But again, that again, find somebody whose marriage is working, mm -hmm. and ask them. I'm, I'm sure that if there's anybody out there who is struggling, mm -hmm. and they see somebody whose marriage is working. I, I think that person would be willing to help them. That's right. And talk to them. Mm -hmm. And I mean, uh, there's so many resources out there mm -hmm. that you can get and to help you do what you're supposed to do. Right. So when you're doing what you're supposed to do, then let the Holy Spirit work mm -hmm. on the other person and on you. Right. But again, like you say, you have to go after it. You have to want to be the person that God wants you to be. And there is counseling available. There is, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yes, here That's at the church. Amazing. Mm -hmm. it, I hope that those listening today will see the ways that they can run after God and strengthen their marriage. I think it's a beautiful thing to see a strong marriage just shining God's light. Um, we need these relationships that speak to our kids' lives and are attractive to our communities. Um, I'm just, I'm excited. You know, <laughs> thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having us.
To our listeners, thank you for spending your time with us. If you haven't yet connected with us online, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And be sure to check out the McGregor Podcast channels. Head over to TalkTruthPodcast.com for all the details. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a comment or feedback on the show, you can share it however you're listening to this. Thanks for listening, and remember to talk truth.